Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I am Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm kind of relaxing. I'm leaning back in my chair because I got a new microphone. Just and this one, this one isn't finicky and I don't have to hold it up with uh, several books, Stephen King books, the big ones, to kind of keep it, you know, in its place. I you know, I, I saw Stephen King's house on Reddit the other day and it looked exactly how I thought Stephen King's house would look <laughs> like it, whatever you're picturing that was it like Victorian with curtains over all the windows in the middle of the hills of Maine yeah and then like you know like a a, a gate with like wrought iron on it and like Gargoyles. weird shapes of the wrought iron you know uh, it was that it was exactly what you're thinking I didn't think it would be that predictable but I guess now, I'm not surprised, and um, thanks for that fact. I'll have to look it up after this podcast. Yeah. Well, we have some interesting stuff to talk about today that, honestly, will help you if you practice SEO, but it also will help you if you're just hiring someone to do your SEO or you're like in charge of it and don't know how to do it right. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about what you should be tracking, what metrics you should be looking at, and what KPIs should you keep track of um, to judge your performance? I, I love it. I'm surprised that we haven't really dedicated some time to talk about this specifically. I'm sure that we mention it, the byproducts of something, some of the things that we focus on, you know, it's kind of like, you know, what are we all working towards? But we've never really gone through it as a list. Yeah. Sometimes that we're talking about, you know, the trees, it's like, oh, you missed the forest because of the trees, right? Is that a saying? Is that what they say? Yeah. Normally, we're talking about the trees. <laughs> this is the forest, right? So this is the big picture. This is what, what you need to know. If you hire a small firm or a big one or in-house or doing it yourself, this is what you're going to be judged on. I thought you were going to say, like, you look at the leaves. The leaves, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the tree, trees. and then the forest, and then you realize. Sure. You know, it's like fractals. It's a smaller portion of itself. <laughs> you missed the big picture is what we're trying to say. All right. So, uh, so this is the big picture type of stuff, right? So this is seven KPIs that you should be tracking in 2020 for your SEO success. Thank you. Now, come on down. All right. So let's just delve into probably the most important one, really, uh, and that's organic traffic, right? Uh, and how you should be looking at organic traffic. Now, there's a couple of analytics tools out there you can use. Everyone's going to use the same one. It's 2020. You're going to be using Google products for your website analytics. It's just how it's going to work. Um, maybe Bing has something. I don't know. We were uh, talking about it. To use it. <laughs> we're like, does it uh, say uh, Google traffic too, or is it just Bing? Because Google says what it comes from Bing and Yahoo. Yeah. They give them a little so, shout out, but... So organic is just anything that's included from a search engine that isn't a paid ad. And it could be any search engine. It could be, you know, uh, what's the one that they hide all your stuff? Yandex, man. No, I don't know. No, that's not, it's not Yandex. Definitely isn't Yandex. No, DuckDuckGo. You know, it could, oh, be, Duck, Duck, Go, sure. it could be Google. It could be, does Yahoo really even have a search thing anywhere? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they use the exact same algorithm as Bing at, at this point. I think that's public yeah. knowledge, but uh, I don't know. Things change. I yeah, know. I didn't know if it like it just took you to Bing and not <laughs> I'm like, not yeah, search. Uh, but you know, whatever else is out there that people could be getting to your website, it's going to tell you that, right? And so the whole reason you're doing SEO is to drive organic traffic to your website to do certain things on it. So you need to be able to tell if you're actually doing that job. Um, so the easiest way to do that is to install something like Google Analytics. There's one other third-party tool, which is pretty easy to use, called Clicky, um, which is sometimes good just to have as a backup, right? Like, it, it doesn't hurt any, anything, and sometimes it's just good, because, like, all types of things can go wrong. People can change the filtering configuration on your Google Analytics, or, like, Yeah, there's, you there's, know. A, there's a couple reasons um, yeah. why you do it's Clicky. Good, it's good to have backup for, for who knows what. Um, but, uh, you know, that's pretty much going to tell you exactly where to go to look up organic traffic. It's actually one of the built-in segments for traffic within Google Analytics. Um, and that's something that you want to look at, you know, on a monthly basis. I always say 
anything that you do in SEO should be tracked from like a 30 day monthly basis. Um, if you start looking at stuff, you know, weekly or biweekly, like there are so many updates within the algorithm, things can shift so quickly. You can really like freak people out and then all of a sudden you've changed your strategy and then you change it again and then you change it again and you have no idea what you're doing and you're not being productive at all. So uh, one of the things that you want to do as an SEO or a person in charge of this is to set realistic expectations on reporting. And I would say no less than 30 days. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I do 30 days. I'll do a month over month comparison. So I always compare the previous month, the current month. And I always do year over year. I want to compare that month to the previous month. I mean, the previous year, same month. Um, kind of paints a picture about a couple of things. Because if you do month to month, sometimes, you know, it might be way up, might be way down the previous month because, you know, business might be trending. There might be changes in the economy, holiday season. So that's why you want to do year over year. It's like, oh, you know, if I, was at, if I have a down month for any particular reason, I also want to see where I was standing last year and, and come up yeah. with, you know, maybe a reason to. You want to be able to look at trends, right? If, and then be able to like expect them. So, you know, usually Februarys are not as high traffic months as Januarys for most businesses mm-hmm. because, you know, you get that, you get that new year's bump where people are trying to actually do stuff with their lives. Um, and they're, they're still motivated by the new year. Um, and then, you know, usually you see like a little bit of drop like the next month. It doesn't mean that your site's doing poorly SEO wise. It's just, you should expect it. Right. And there are all types of industries where there are, are normal drops and, and traffic that are related to trends for, for whatever your business that you have. And you shouldn't be like freaking out. Um, another thing I like to look at is like a three month over three month period of time. Yeah. Um, it really is good. Yeah. But like, you definitely want to have like month over month and year over year info in there. Um, you're really like always, if you're doing a good job, we'll usually always look pretty great because you should be crushing how you were doing the previous year, at least if you're really focusing on SEO. So it's, it's good just to have in there. Yeah. I mean, look, look at just like what happened with COVID. I mean, if I reported to all my clients that their traffic is down 80% because of obvious reasons, they want to kind of generally know, at least if they're like in a better spot or whatever from the previous year, that's what I have to use something like that. So, and then yeah, quarterly is good too. Um, and especially yeah. if you've been doing something for three months, you want to see like how far you've come in the first like three months of working on a project. That's like typically a good indicator if you're going the right direction. So are there percentages? I mean, percentages can vary from industry to industry and then organic traffic can also be segmented into, you know, organic traffic that's, you know, happened on its own, but with intent and without intent. So, you know, that can get yeah. like kind of specific too. And then you can look at direct traffic which a portion of that is like can be related to organic, right? Like it's harder to see like what efforts necessarily brought that in. Um, but sometimes it's, it's from something that like organic did previously. Right. So maybe someone came to your site from organic typed in direct the next time they came to your site. Now it's a direct visit to you. Right. Um, that's, that's another thing that you might want to keep track on of, of what you're doing. Cause there's a little bit of a relation to like, how you're doing from an SEO perspective, but I actually not keep an eye one to one. Yeah, I, I keep an eye on referral traffic too because uh, we talk about content contributions and guest blogging and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're doing that for SEO, so I kind of have like that content contributions, content strategies under my SEO. And if it's going to places, getting a lot of eyes, a lot of clicks, referral traffic, um, I kind of consider that a part of my SEO campaign. Even yeah, if you're out of search, building, if you're yeah. building links that can actually get clicks. Um, to your website and then you want to use some UTM parameters and you want, you want to keep track of that traffic too. Um, and you can kind of specify what the source of it's going to be. Right. But that would also kind of be lumped into what you're doing organic wise too. Um, even though it might not be a built in segment in Google analytics. Right. But it's something that you could report on. Yeah. So I'm um, actually kind of a question for you because we do this sometimes as far as um, like doing custom labels and custom sources for traffic. You, you mentioned direct. We just talked about um, referrals and there's social, there's paid, there's, you know, a lot of different sources. Some people add newsletter or like e-newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other like custom ones that might tie into SEO that you like keep an eye on? Um, well, mine is like it from Google, my business. Um, like I keep track of the traffic that comes from that. Oh, okay. um, with so the parameters, local, local label then or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ultimately it's like whatever you put it 
it's going to track it. Right. Um, it's like, it's whatever you, you tell it to be. Um, but, uh, that's something that like, I really care about because that's like an organic visit, you know, like if someone like clicks on like your GMB listing to your website, um, even though it's not going to count as like, what's weird about Google, uh, and like GMB is like, it counts from desktop to your website through GMB as organic. And then it counts it from your phone as direct, I believe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you have to use UTMs to segment it to really know like the true traffic coming to your site from it. <laughs> the real pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting because it looks like analytics does like a good job, you know, segmenting everything, but then they like, you still have to like kind of nudge it and, and, and kind of customize it to really split out what you're looking it, for. To, if for it did a really accurate. good job, there wouldn't be any unknown <laughs> like, uh, yeah. traffic and it. There definitely always is. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just that's one thing I, we're, we're going to probably go into a little bit later in this episode when we talk about GMB actions and stuff too. Cool. Um, but let's talk a little bit about organic conversions. Um, so this is an area a lot of people don't have experience with even setting up on their site. And we yeah. were, yeah, we were talking before about how important this is, is like a KPI um, to set up and to track. And we're not going to delve into like how to keep track of your leads once they come in. Um, like you need CR- some CRM of, wise and stuff. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. You need some sort of CRM. If you don't know what that stands for, um, you know, Google it. Uh, we're not going to talk about this episode, but just, <laughs> <laughs> just a, a way to manage yeah, that one, yeah. your, your customers. Right. Um, it's just, whatever soft software platform or, you know, sometimes people even put them in an Excel doc if you don't have a lot of them coming in. Right. Um, but it's just how you keep track of that. But what you want to make sure you're doing on your site is you want to set up, um, either events that you can track or actual goals that you can track. So both of these are things that you can set up within Google analytics. You have an unlimited number of events that you can set up and track. You only have, I think like, was it like 15 goals? um that you can track in there hmm. i haven't set it up my team sets it up <laughs> i will say that I've, I've washed my hands of that uh that uh, process yeah, away. I'll have to double check on the number you have a limited amount per view is is the thing that you want you want to know about this and what's cool about it is you know you can tie them to all types of things right so if you know if someone submits um information right you got to form your website mm-hmm. and they submit to get more information um, and you have an approximate idea of like the value of whatever they're you're selling is you would set up a goal for a conversion, right? Uh, and you could set up the value for that conversion. And then you can see through Google analytics, the traffic source. So if someone came from organic to your site, they clicked on this goal. Um, and then you can see if it actually converts in whatever way that you're doing that. But then you have an idea, right, of what your conversion rate is for your website. And that's really what the most important thing is, Yeah, is, is to know at what rate and what traffic everything converts at. Um, so you can sort of adjust um, your strategy around those things or build out resources around those things. Yeah. And then you're, you're talking about a, a form, which, of course, is probably going to be by default, one of the easiest ways to be able to track where people are coming from or what page they're on, um, you know, forms like Ninja forms. I think this is the one we use now. Um, there used to be uh, contact form seven. I think that one is just like, yeah, just old. <laughs> it I is. I think old. people, there's just a lot of people that use it though. Yeah. I think we're on some Ninja forms though. Cause the integrations are good um, accuracy. So you can see like a referral path. You can see like how they came in the first place. Um, you can of course just tell you what page you were on, but of course forms aren't the only way that people contact you know, people do chats and people call as well. So it's um, really going to depend on the type of business that you have. Right. But whatever you have, you should try and set up something to track it. Um, You know, like people like click to call, Um, you know, if you go to a website or whatever, people are on their phone, they click the phone number to call you or whatever. You want to be able to track how many of those calls are coming in. And you can definitely easily do that um, with Google analytics just by putting a little bit of code on there, which I think you can do through Google tag manager. But if you don't know how to do any of that and you have a dev um, sit down and make some time and, and track everything that you possibly can, that could lead to like whatever your conversions are. Uh, sometimes it's like a directions request if you're like a location-based business. Um, so make sure you're like tracking like any possible way a customer would get your service and purchase your service. 
Yeah, and again, neglect phone numbers because um, of like kind of like this, still there's a, a persistent mentality that um, phone companies can't track organic, but they can. It's uh, really been kind of a revelation for me in the past couple of years and other agencies that there are businesses out there like CallRail that are capable of um, creating uh, dynamic number insertion for websites. So it used to be more, I know, I know when we got into tracking, you know, eight, 10 years ago, it used to be a lot of like purchasing numbers and just keeping track of it. I used to be like huge on call eight, buy a bank, a bank of numbers and just like put it, you know, static on a page. But now you have dynamic, it's switching it up based off of how people are coming in. So these companies and, you know, the way that they do it, they know you're coming from social or paid or organic or referral. They, they attach a different number to it and they, they are able to really track it. It's about 99, I say 0.8% accuracy. Very, very accurate. Yeah. You could have, um, some cookie blocking turned on that would stop that from working, but possible. Yeah. Most people aren't. So they're going to get the, whatever the, the tracking number is. And it doesn't mess up your, your nap. If you're, if you're worried about that out there, um, you know, Google is only going to see like your, the phone number um, that it's going to see you through crawling it through like Google through like organic search. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is only going to change the phone number when people come from a specific source. So whether it's Facebook um, Twitter, you know, whatever else you have out there, it's going to change it based on like that source. Um, so you'll be fine, uh, from a Google standpoint. Yeah. I mean, your number is like hard coded in there. It's just, yeah, from a client experience, whatever, you know, the, the script is, it's, it's switching it out. So, you know, between you know, forms, you know, calls, chats, uh, it's really, really easy nowadays without spending a lot of money to be able to track everything. Even if it did cost like a little bit of money. This stuff is way too important for, you know, marketing dollars at this, all the hard work. You want to know where everything's coming from. So, you know, we can go back to the goals for a moment and have to send up on Google analytics because you can see, you know, how people are interacting with the hundreds or thousands of pages on your website. You know, they might land on a blog and you might have eight goals on there and your goals are leads. They fill out forms on those. So you can see, you know, pages that get high traffic and you can see that they're not getting leads, even though they're, you know, they have high intent. So you can be like, well, you know, this page gets 20 visitors a day, but it's got no leads. Is there a bad call to action? Do I have to adjust some things? Like you can make a lot of great decisions based off of the pages, you know, that are converting or not converting. Yeah. And I, I would uh, give a little bit of advice around this. Um, if it's something that is within like your conversion funnel, right? Uh, you can use um, an event, a Google event to track this. I would only list things that like you can are pretty sure are going to equate to like an actual sale happening as your goal. Right. So that submit button, if somebody wants more information um, and then like a thank you page fires or they purchase something in the thank you page fires. Um, that's what is going to be your goal in like Google analytics that you're going to sign that monetary value to um, So use like kind of the last point of attribution for something as, as those goals, because you get a limited amount and then everything else that's like leading towards that funnel, that final button click or phone call or whatever, um, just tag them up as like a Google Analytics um, event. And then, you know, it's easy to, to track how people got to it, why it fired. Um, and then you can even kind of figure out conversion rates for like the goals from them as well, too. Sounds good, Paul. <laughs> um, that covers that. Well, there you go. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about one of my favorite um, goal, I guess KPIs because it's more content related and that's bounce rates. Yeah. Bounce rate is always an interesting one, especially when I talk to clients because there are instances where a high bounce rate isn't the end of the world. And there's instances where it's absolutely being scrutinized because it, it is important. Very so much dependent on the industry and the content <laughs> that you have. Um, like people always ask like, well, what's the good bounce rate, right? And that's a lot of that's honestly just going to depend on what the type of content it's providing is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, it depends on like what kind of page you're landing on because when it comes to bounce rate, of course, is, you know, the percentage of people that went to that page and that page only and left your website. If it's a certain page where they can do everything that they need to on that particular page, you won't really care how high the bounce rate is because you're not necessarily encouraging them or expecting them to navigate throughout your website. Like on the other hand, if it's your homepage, people are 
oftentimes not making any decisions all the time directly from the homepage. They're probably going to navigate using your menus or a call to action. So if you have a high bounce rate on a homepage that doesn't complete whatever intent, you know, you're expecting, that's when there's an issue. So really, just yeah. And if it's like you're providing, let's say it's a content article, right? And you do a little equation and you figure out how long it takes to read the entire article, right? It's not too hard to figure that out. Um, and then you look at the bounce rate and you see you don't have a very long time on page and the bounce rate is like 95% of all the traffic that comes to it. I mean, it's pretty easy to put those things together and just say, hey, whatever this page is ranking for is not living up to the expectations of the, per- the people who are searching it, right? So that's one of the ways that you can use bounce rate to sort of make valuable decisions um, about like the content that you're creating that, you know, you might need to look in and see like what it's ranking for or what the, what's really on the page, if it's like useful or not, and sort of adjust it based on that. There's, there's like, um, I haven't really thought about bounce rate in, in a bit, so I'm kind of thinking about it right now and to you really want to segment kind of your bounce rate based off of maybe a couple of variables so i always look at bounce rate desktop versus mobile so if i see that the bounce rate is like fantastic for desktop but terrible for mobile that's like pretty obvious to me that the mobile experience is just bad because people are capable of staying on that page or on that page going navigating around based off the yeah. information from desktop so that's, that's a really good call out um and it can show you like really quickly um if you're having it like a real bad mobile experience or vice versa, honestly. Right. right. So you, you can look at it from like an experience standpoint. And then also I look at it from a kind of like a campaign or source standpoint. So if I have a page and it's doing well organically, but then I'm also using that particular page for some reason for a paid campaign and it's drastically worse, maybe my targeting, my keywords for the paid campaign are not on point. So there, there's, there's other ways you can kind of like leverage the bounce rate to uncover issues from like uh, an intent and user experience standpoint too, by like kind of comparing it to different variables. Yeah. Um, and the, and the guys of which we're talking about using it though, right. It's uh, so this is just for like a, an organic campaign. Right. Um, obviously the, the lower, the better <laughs> um, yes. in general, but uh, for content, you know, I, I would say like set up goals and everything that you have or like events on, on content and see like, how the ones that uh, that have a lower bounce rate perform um, if they're getting more of those clicks and everything like that, and then trying to adjust the content that you already have to sort of fit, you know, what's going on with the stuff that's like working. Yeah. When I think, when I think of bounce rate, yeah, I think of like, if I have an informational page that I think is providing great information, it has a lot of internal links and other references and they're not clicking on it and has a high bounce rate. I'm doing something wrong. Where on yeah. the other hand, it's like a good landing page and maybe the bounce rate could be 100%, but it has a, it's uh, hitting a ton of goals, like f- uh, form submissions. It's like, cool, I created a page where they don't yeah. need any Then you're golden. Then you just yeah. created a good page. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I have 100% bounce rate and I'm getting a ton of leads. It's like, they don't need any additional information to make a decision then, which yeah. is good then. And sometimes um, with your content, a high bounce rate doesn't mean that you don't have enough content. Sometimes you have too much. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like people want the answer to something quickly. And it's just, if you have like 4,000 words and it's impossible to get through and find like the thing that it's ranking for, that's getting the most traffic. Um, it's like, maybe you should write a different page altogether. Right. Yeah. You can also, in that situation, you can couple that with a heat map and you could probably see immediately that it'll be hot, at, hot at the top and then immediately get cold very quickly. You already know people aren't even scrolling down. Yeah. You know, like, I, and like, Oh, there you go. You can also uh, set up a, a thing to check the uh, like a scroll percentage checker yeah. that yeah. you can set up as like an event to fire in Google Analytics. So if people only scrolled at 50% of the page, it'll tell you that that page got it 20%. Whatever you want to specify the percentage wise, you can do that. Um, and that can be really, really useful in like seeing if your content's working or not. Great point. Uh, but you anything else you want to add about bounce rates? I guess if there's anyone listening, they're like, okay, guys, you never spit out what the percentage is that we think is like good or bad. I would say for a homepage, my personal opinion, if it's around uh, 30%, that's good. And if it's 80%, that's terrible for a homepage. Yeah, I would think almost almost anything um, that you really care about someone being on, uh, if it's like 80%, it's usually not good. 
Yeah. That's just means that four, four to five people don't have see any value proceeding with yeah. your website. If I see it in 50, in the fifties, I'm like, Oh hell yeah. This page is doing great. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. Like, yeah, I want my homepage to be really low because if you're at my homepage and I can't provide any other value anywhere on my website and you're leaving, I'm just like, that can't be. Yeah. It's like whatever brought you here, yeah. you, it, it, it is not matching up with your expectations. Yeah. People, especially we work with in a lot of industries, you're not finding everything you're looking for on that homepage. And technically, sometimes you don't even want your homepage to have everything. You do want people to navigate and get into more specifics. Yeah. I mean, the more that I think about bounce rate, the more I think about how amazing it really is um, as a metric, because like there's so many things that like other, other parts of a marketing department might do um, that could affect it. And then you could really easily figure out if that's what's causing. Yeah. Right. So like people could add interstitial pop-ups that like might be giving you a really bad experience on mobile or on desktop or whatever. Um, And like, if you just keep track of like when people add stuff to your site, you can see really quickly, like bounce rates, like skyrocketing. after. Oh yeah. I mean, you could, you could definitely like pegging a, uh, bounce rate to um, a change log would be super super yeah. helpful. And then like if anything with like UX changes to your site, you can tie it back to stuff like that, um, like very very easily. I so didn't, I didn't think we would talk about bounce rate for this long, but I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, one, the, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this really is a valuable metric. It, yeah, it, well that's why it's on your list. I mean, we're talking yeah. about seven things. It's one out of seven. You never really need to report on bounce rates. Um, I don't no. anyways. It's more like uh, you need to report for like yourself to make decisions, right? Like an executive will rarely ever ask for a bounce rate. Um, it just isn't something that like, but maybe they should, maybe they, I don't think they, maybe they should, but they wouldn't know what to do with it. But like for what you're doing, um, you need it to like be a red flag basically, or, you know, that you're doing better with the content. Yeah. One, one last time that we're th- thinking about it uh, before we proceed next part. When I start, started doing SEO and I guess the people that were mentoring me were describing what bounce rate was, they didn't really know because <laughs> evidently there wasn't a ton of documentation on exactly like once for all what it meant. We knew it had to do something to do with people leaving, but not like exactly what it meant. So I remember yeah. being told that bounce rate was the percentage of people that stay in your website for less than a minute. that's what they came up with yeah that's what uh i think a lot of people still say it is isn't that funny like but how do you come up with like kind of the arbitrary number i don't know yeah um that's weird i i really don't i don't know all right last thought all right um so check your bounce rates now let's move on to one of the more enjoyable and sometimes less enjoyable, <laughs> depending on how high pressure of a job you have. Uh, right. It's your keyword rankings. And this yep. is going to be organic and local. And how you can even include organic local, right? Which is a combination of the two. Um, so really like your national ones and then your organic local and then just your local, which is your maps, right? So depending on what type of business you have, these are all going to be uh, very, very important. Um, I happen to work in a business where Google Maps dominates um, our lead flow more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're caring about that snack pack. And then second to that is our local organic rankings. And then third way down is actually our national rankings. So even though our national ones get the most traffic, the ones that get the most conversions are, are just stuff from the, the snack pack. Right. So, so for me, right, I have to figure out what, uh, so how to keep track of all these things and how to do it cost efficiently but also what should i be keeping track of like what are the most important keywords because you know keyword trackers cost money there's only so many things that you're going to be able to track and digest and get information out of anyways so like how do you figure that out and so ryan question for you how do you figure that out? Oh, of course, uh, you just rely on uh, Google Search Console to tell you all the keywords that you're ranking. For. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all you got to do, right? Use well, the keyword planner from. It's, uh... Yeah, it's surprisingly like it's pretty cool. I mean, I definitely go into Google Search Console pretty often because that's a great way to uncover keywords you're ranking for that you didn't even realize or you're not even that proactive. 
you know, if you're pretty heavy on blogging before you know it, you're going to have all sorts of keywords you're popping up for. And you're like, Oh, I didn't even like, no, I got that much traction, but officially like your vanity keyword short tail, like the ones that appease your clients, appease the executives and the bosses. I will tell you, there isn't a metric that anyone gets hung up on besides getting leads more than keyword rankings, because it's like the, it's the ego play. It's like, I, my website, my company is representative of this keyword. And like, it's just such a heavy metric that they all want to dominate it. There's no way you can like escape it, even though long tail over time is going to dominate more and more in voice search and all these things like vanity is going to like always be relevant, but just, it is losing some grounding as far as like traffic, but you have to always focus on this. So I've used a lot of keyword tools over the years. I'm a big fan of Certbook, and it's now it's keyword dot com i'm impressed oh okay and what do you use that just for your national rankings or what and they can do local so the great thing about it and it's pretty accurate is you can place all your keywords it doesn't really have any like location attribution but then you can also add the keywords you're looking for by like a city potentially Mm -hmm. region and by zip code either 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 or and so um, it's pretty accurate because, of course, you want to look at it from like a local standpoint. You want to look at it from kind of a general standpoint. Um, the only issue there, and I might have to, I don't want to say a farewell to keyword.com. They've been pretty good to me over the years with their accuracy. But the only shortcoming there is if you rank like three on maps and like six organically, it'll say that you rank three because it pulls in the maps. So there's a little ambiguity between like the maps position and the, the organic positioning. If you're on the first page for both, it won't say how you rank for both. It'll just say whatever is higher, if that yeah. makes sense. So I, I've uh, run into sort of a, a strange situation in my business because um, you know, all of our locations are on the same website, but not all of them go by the same name um, in the maps, right? So sometimes... It's just the brand name and sometimes it's the brand name in the city. Um, it just depends. So it's hard for, our, for you know, I had to find a really specific tool that could do um, all, basically track all of these things for us. Um, and then within the maps as well with unique GMB names that you could specify. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's anything that you've run into. Usually like, you know, when you have a, I feel like when you have a location, maybe they have like just one location or if they have a couple of them, they're still going to go by the same brand name, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we have people that have, you know, two or three locations, some have five and then, we're, you know, we might have someone that has eight or 10, um, not like 500 or 800 or whatever. Yeah. That's like very intense. I wouldn't even know what the hell your dashboard even looks like. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it gives you a percentage of like how many we have in the top three, right. Mm-hmm. Um, across the board, <laughs> like how many rank number one, how many rank in the top three, how many rank four through 10, and how many like are whatever the other ones are like not at all right um and so you know there i did a lot of research and there's like five main keywords that we care about ranking for um and it took me a lot to kind of get to that i had to basically go through uh compile a lot of data from our gmbs um and they give you you know google tells you a little bit of what queries people are searching to go to your website uh to your gmb listing anyways so i pretty much you know, compiled as many of them as possible, which was hundreds and looked at the non-branded terms. And it was like always the same five, um, that were, that were in it, you know, like the top ones that weren't branded. Um, so, you know, I was able to kind of figure out like from click through rates and conversions, uh, across the board, like, this is like the term that like the terms that we need to like care about. Oh man, that's a lot of work. My, my clients, they only care if their branded keywords are in the top three. I'm oh man, that would be, <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be amazing. Like, as long as you get my branded in the top three, we're good. It's like, okay, I got you <laughs> three. Okay. Let's just make sure your Facebook and Yelp page uh, take one and two and then your website's three, but um, yeah, not quite the same situation that I have. So the, the keyword play is uh, also very interesting with keyword rankings because some people get really hung up on just like a handful and some people want to see hundreds. So, and I know that just definitely varies from like, company to company and you know person you're reporting to you know some people are just like this is my like i have one client that they're just like focused on four keywords right now and they're and they're a huge law firm and i'm like really these four it's like these are the four we know they work that's all in there and then you have others that are like we have 200 and we want to see 40 percent of them in the top three it's like okay so it's just really all over the place so kpis with keywords 
It's very interesting. Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, I've always, I've always thought of it as like, it's sort of the 80-20 rule, right? So like there, 20% of like your keywords are still probably going to represent like 80% of the traffic coming in for your site for the most part, unless you have like a crazy, like your content marketing website, right? <laughs> like, um, but if you're like a normal business, um, you know, you, you'll have tons and tons and tons of keywords that you can like look at, but you know, there, there's, you can still kind of narrow it down to those ones. Like if you dropped out of the rankings for them, you'd definitely feel it. Right. Um, yeah, and so it's right. really kind of up to you to like find what those are. Um, what's important. I mean, and the way you do that is just, you look at competitors, you look at other rankings like that, you look at your own data and you, the best that you can really do is just come up with, you know, kind of an informed guess, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, like even organic is still like super relevant, even the top three there. That's why we keep on talking about, you know, one and top three, because even after the ads, even if there's four ads, even if there's maps, um, I know that the the clicks for the top three are still like very, very substantial. And I'm, I'm sure you see that too. And, and even with like the differences in, in SERPs now with like different kinds of schema where, you know, you oh, can yeah. really like have your, you know, your listing or your position stand out very well. I mean, if you're, you know, fourth or fifth, but you have like the review schema, you have FAQ schema. I mean, you could like freaking. You can still get a lot of, a lot of clicks on it. Yeah. Cause they're going to see like above the fold still, you know, anyone that's searching and be like, Oh, what's this search? This guy has all these things going on. Definitely looks authoritative. So you're definitely kind of encouraging people. It's, it's kind of like what, what descriptions used to be a little bit more. If you had a great description, it can make a difference, but that's what structured data is kind of taking that over. Yeah. And plus Google just makes it whatever it wants anyways. <laughs> yeah. That seems that point. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, I hope we gave a little bit of direction on how to, how to track your keywords. Um, you know, Ryan gave a really good tool. I, I like pro rank tracker. It does a lot of stuff. There's, um, there's a lot of tool, tools nowadays. It's, it used to be that some were just really weren't that accurate. And it seems like some, most are on point. Even um, when we do reporting for our clients and we do use agency analytics, they have rankings built in where it's just like kind of like a feature you don't even pay extra for it. And it's actually surprisingly accurate. So oh, that's good. it's just like, it's just kind of figured out, I guess, at this yeah. point. I, I like to use stuff though that um, allows you to click through and view the SERPs from whatever city that's in. Um, well, that's and that way you can like, Cause sometimes you'll just like stuff will be weird, right? Like maybe the, the rank tracker isn't working how it's supposed to, and you haven't actually dropped and being able to click through and look at the actual SERPs there and like verify it yourself is always like really useful. Well, and, and the reason I think that we've been with, with SERPbrook for so long or aka keyword.com is when you click like on a graph for the keyword, it'll show you like over time historically, you know, it's ups and downs. So you can, that's really cool too. Yeah. That's that's super important because it's just like, you never want to be like, Oh, this keyword is ranked four. How long has it been fourth for? Was it always fourth? I don't remember. And it's like, you (laughs) you want to be, you're always going to get questions about like looking up whatever random historical data is about something. So you want to be, you want to make sure that you have a tool that'll, that'll let you do that and customize when you look at the rankings from when you've been tracking it. Unfortunately, you're never going to be able to see what your rankings were before you started tracking it in that tool. Right. Uh, you know, like they can't just retroactively tell you. Um, but you know, from when you, when you set up an account, you want to be able to look back at any of those dates. That's all. We've been watching you for a long time. Yeah. I always get that question at my at jobs and stuff too. Like, oh, can we look back at uh, this month? I'm like, no, we didn't have this tool at all. Uh, <laughs> I set it up. So no, <laughs> like, and don't ask me again. Cause yeah, please don't. Cause I know you um, want to. All right. So I think I've added everything I want to talk about your keyword rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about another one, which we have mentioned on some other episodes that you should be keeping track of. And that is your backlinks. Yeah, I guess we can kind of just cover this a little bit briefly because I know we spent a lot of time on the first four. <laughs> but yeah. um, backlinks, I mean, if you're going to be proactive at the backlink campaign, of course you want to know you know, what links are coming and going. You want to know or the referring domains you, and you want to know you know what links you've been working on if they're indexing because um, a lot of people have a lot of issues with they're like oh you know I request this link I bought this link I did all these things but I don't even know like if it indexed yet or if I'm getting the value it's like well you yeah you, really, you, know, keep you just want a tool that'll tell you if you've gained links if you've lost them um, where they've been lost you know just how people are linking to your website um, Google Analytics or I guess Search Console gives you a little bit of stuff like that but you want to use 
like an actual tool if you can. Uh, Ahrefs is great. Uh, there's a lot of tools out there that that'll tell you. Uh, I, I will always probably recommend Ahrefs because I think they are the the best at it. So I don't get any money from them or anything like that. Oh, everyone um, knows that, Paul. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> I get an affiliate link, and if I do, please click on it. <laughs> but I don't. Um, but the interesting, I think, from like a, a a KPI standpoint, if you're working with someone, aren't, aren't they going to be? People are going to oftentimes try to like quantify the amount of links as if like kind of is easy to do like anything else. So it's like, you know, you know, write 20 pages of content. Okay. You know, that's quantifiable Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're going to try to get X amount of links, uh, sorry, uh, keywords up to rank like top three, but links are interesting because people that are a little bit more disconnected. Don't really have the SEO background. will just be like arbitrarily, let's get 25 new links a month and it's just like eh, like yeah but yeah like what type of links are they you know yeah. where do they come from are they quality or not uh and that's a really good thing uh to just be aware of like there are companies uh there are departments within seo um not agencies but uh well then marketing departments there's an entire like link building departments and almost their entire kpi is just how many backlinks they've gotten and the quality of those backlinks right so this could be a huge kpi for you or it could be kind of a smaller one if you you know, or like a one man shop. And it's just something that you need to be keeping track of. Maybe you're outsourcing it or something, <clears throat> but always yeah. keep an eye on those backlinks. Ultimately I mean, it makes the whole algorithm work. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an interesting point you made about like, if you're a one man shop, because you're going to be like, how many links should I get? Should I be getting five a month or 10 or a hundred if you even want to do it that way? And in that situation, I would say that it's, it's all going to become relative to whoever's ranking well, who your competition is. So disregarding like directories where they have millions of links and you're not going to compete with them. Any like other similar, you know, website or you know, competitor or company, let's say they have 200 referring domains and you have 10 and the, you know, the difference disparity is 190. Um, you could just be like, okay, my goal, even though it's not based on like too much technical, I guess, analysis is that like, I want to get to that around there and see what happens as quickly as possible. So maybe I'll do like third, you know, 30 for the next six months and see where it gets me. So if you want to have it at least like relative something else to, to come up with like a plan that actually makes sense, I think. Yeah. Okay. So I think we, I mean, we, we've covered backlinks a lot in, in other episodes. If you want to hear more about it, um, yeah, check out, I think we have two or three uh, that are really like extensive and at least, yeah, at least. Um, so let's <laughs> talk about domain authority. And I like this as a metric. Um, it's pretty much just a metric that's invented by Moz, really, right? Yeah. Uh, I think some other, some other tools kind of report off of it, but it's just basically the quality of your domain, right? So it's the quality of the backlinks that are pointing to you and the age of your website. So all those things are kind of combined to create this metric. Um, and it's good. It should always really be going up. If it's, if you notice it going down, um, it's usually because some other websites have been like reclassified uh, as like spammy or they've gotten some really spammy links or whatever. And some people like linking to you. Uh, but it's just a good idea to, to keep track of like the space that your website lives in and like, you know, kind of how it's looked at and, and respected in like the eyes of Google. Uh, it's a scale of like one to a hundred. Uh, it gets harder and harder to, to get up, you know, so it's easy to go from like one to 10, a little bit harder to go from like 10 to 20. When you start getting in like the seventies and eighties, it's really, 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 really hard. Um, you know, there's not, there's very few websites that are like in the 90 plus, you know, I don't even, I think Google's a 99 so there really isn't anyone that's a hundred, right? <laughs> I think yeah, Wikipedia is probably up there because everyone's referencing yeah. sources like you're, absolutely everything. You're dealing with massively trusted brands and government websites at that point when you're in like the 85 pluses. Um, so it's something that like, you know, you should always just keep track of. Um, if if it's always going up, you're doing a good job all altogether. Um, why it matters is the higher your domain, usually the easier it is for you to like rank for things to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the It's going to take less work um, link building wise and every other thing to like rank for competitive terms, in my opinion, at least. I mean, it's, it's been confirmed like a lot. I mean, of course there's going to be like the quality of the content and doing like the right things on page, but authority mm-hmm. is just like th- tried and true head start as far as like rankings for your respective keywords. And, um, you know, when it comes to domain authority, 
we've always kind of mentioned it in the past in regards to kind of vetting links and knowing how good links are and, and seeing if things are worth pursuing. And of course, knowing how authoritative you are to, you know, for your expectations for ranking. So as far as like a KPI and actually using it as an uh, indicator, you're going the right direction from a reporting standpoint. It's, yeah, it's like what you're saying. You want to see it incrementally going up over time. So if you're working with an agency or you have a mar- you know, marketing person dedicated to link building, and they're like, yeah, I'm doing links. I'm getting great links. And then over time, your DA is just staying the same. It's just like something's wrong. That's like your indicator that no, to know like it should always be going up. And whoever says they're proactively doing link building, that's how they're kind of held accountable, really. Yeah. Is that kind of uh, metric. Uh, yeah. So definitely, you know, keep track of it. That's something you can even generally report on. Um, I regularly see it in like reports, like monthly reports um, of your domain authority going up. And it's good. It's something that you just tie directly back to your backlink efforts as well. So we've arrived last, at seven. Last but not least, my favorite of all the ones, because it takes up most of my time. Uh, that's GMB actions, right? So this is, uh, there's a, a lot that Google My Business gives you. And a lot of it's kind of confusing how they explain it is also confusing. Uh, so, you know, when you're looking at uh, how your GMB listing is doing, how do you judge if it's being it's successful or not, right? Uh, so it's like, oh, well, it showed up this many times in search, this many times in maps, uh, got these pictures, got these many views, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, the three big ones that you should actually care about are the actions, right? So did somebody click to your website, did they call your business, or did they get a directions request to come to your location? Mm-hmm. And of those three, I would still say the two most important ones are a phone call or a directions request. Really, well, the directions not, well, request. Not the website. Because, oh, I mean, you're already following that like via analytics anyway? Yeah, you're, you're following that anyways. Um, you're not... Like you're not going to be able to necessarily tie that back to like a sale as where if like someone calls you or comes to your location and you can like ask them <laughs> there, you know, sure. like how they, how they did it. Um, but I think if you, if you're clicking a direction and request, I think your intent is so high that you are going to that location to potentially buy something that uh, it's probably the most important of all the three of them. But that's, that's just good, been my that's experience. Good point. Well, yeah, I mean, for like a you know, brick and mortar kind of thing, um, that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, there's some services that, you know, you might not have to like go to a location to start, to start the conversation, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it, it, and there's some situations, you know, the click for directions could be someone that's, um, already a client or like has so, yeah, spoken to you already. And, and then that's definitely true too. Yeah. It could yeah. be any number of those things. Um, I'm, if someone, in my experience, if someone has already come to your business, they don't do that again. Uh, in the industry that I'm in, right? Because they already know how to get there. But there's a lot of things where they might they might do it twice in order to be a client. It's not that it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not that it's a bad thing. Um, like a good those are the three main ones that you should be looking at. And then the other is like your non-branded appearances in search. Because that's really like all, you know, if it's branded, then they probably heard about you some other way, right? So maybe it was from an ad or whatever, or they already know about you. What you want are those like discovery searches, uh, that people are looking up and you're showing up in the maps. Uh, so those, you know, those actions and your discovery searches are really the main things that you should be caring about. Like views of your posts are great or whatever. I've never seen it help your rankings, uh, views of your videos or like photos, they're great or whatever. I've never seen that help their rankings either, um, or get more sales or anything like that. So yeah. in my opinion, those four things, mostly the three actions that you can get from it though. Yeah, the the, ver- the verdict's still out definitely for like the the views and the and the for your posts and your images and all that kind of stuff. I think that's just people just falling in line with doing whatever is available, which I I agree with. It's just like, hey, if Google has it, just do it <laughs> because it's like at the end of the day, if they're allowing you to take advantage of some sort of functionality or feature, I'm gonna try it out and see what happens. Oh um, yeah, do all of them because you never know when Google's gonna make those things be a part of what influences. I them. know it just rolls, rolls into an update and no one even knows about it. Yeah. Like proactive. Just, just do it. Um, like figure out a way to like do it to scale or like automate it or whatever. Um, so that it doesn't take a whole lot of time, but just like, just do it. I would say one of my final thoughts for the GMB actions, especially for virtual offices <laughs> or uh, situations where 
you have a virtual office and you don't really have any intention and like servicing any, anyone in that location and you're getting a, a lot of requests for directions, you might want to be like a, a little bit, I don't know, weary, I guess, about just like the potential of losing potential clients just because you, a lot of people are trying to see where you're not so legitimate location is and then they're making decisions based off of that. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, uh, or just don't, um, have virtual offices. <laughs> yeah. There's always that. Have it go to your actual office. That's like a thing you could do as well. Yeah. So, um, well, we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. Um, anything else, uh, you think we should touch on before we end nope. this episode? Nope. I have said everything that I, I feel like saying today. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I've covered everything. You know, hopefully our listeners found this at least kind of useful if you're questioning on what you should be tracking at all. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't really go on to like how to put it in a report because this is a podcast and it doesn't work really that's well. Very, with that sounds very visual. Don't you have yeah. some screenshot? <laughs> um, but hopefully this will give you some direction. And there's probably going to be a blog post very soon to go along with this that'll give you some actual visuals oh, of this yeah. stuff as well. Very um, good. But... I just wanted to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. And we love hearing from you guys from time to time. Uh, you can always contact us at uh, SEO is dead and other lies at gmail.com. Uh, we respond pretty quickly on there. Uh, you can leave us a Facebook message as well, um, or just leave a, uh, you know, a response or a, a comment on one of our, one of our YouTube videos. We're going to start uploading all those again here pretty quickly. Um, we had some issues with our, <laughs> There we with go. our software that uploads it automatically and uh, we're going to have to do it manually, unfortunately, but we're going to get back into the swing of doing that too. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And then be sure to like, share and subscribe anywhere that you see us, uh, particularly on iTunes, because I think that helps like the rankings more in there uh, and Stitcher as well. Um, so, you know, if you want to like uh, give us a nice thumbs up on any of those, we'd really appreciate it as well. It's very encouraging. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this has been another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. See you later. Bye.